Hello and welcome back to Commodore Conversations. Joining me today are two new faculty members of the Language and Literature Division here at Gulf Coast State College. Dr. Tiffany Messick holds a Bachelor's in English from the University of Texas, a Master's in English from Northwestern State University of Louisiana, and recently earned her PhD in 20th Century American Southern Literature from Northern Illinois University. Professor Kaylee Thomas has received a Bachelor of Science in Secondary Education in English from Lockhaven University of Pennsylvania, a Master of Arts in Literary and Cultural Studies from Carnegie Mellon University, and a Master of Arts in English from the University of Florida, where she is currently a PhD candidate in Victorian literature. Kaylee and Tiffany, thank you both so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah. So... Professor Thomas, we'll start with you for number one. Um, can you describe for our listeners how you ended up teaching at Gulf Coast and how did you discover the opportunity? Sure. Uh, so I've been teaching for about six years at a two-year institution in Gainesville, Florida, uh, Santa Fe College. And you know that's where I really fell in love with teaching at you know a primarily two-year institution like that. And so when I was looking for, you know, a full-time position, um, I was working part-time previously, I was really interested in finding a school with that, you know, community-based mission, a, a state college, a, you know, a, a college in which it's student-focused, and that was what led me to Gulf Coast. I was really looking for uh, schools that prize success amongst students of all backgrounds, uh, all life experiences, different ages, and so you know that was was one of the the top ones on my list. And then when I interviewed for the school and I met some of the faculty from the language and lit division, I saw how much they love what they do, uh, how much they prioritize their students' needs and goals, and I felt okay, this this is where I want to be. Uh, this is a community that I want to be a part of. Yeah, I mean. And I know I'm going to ask the same question to Dr. Messick here in just a moment, but I had a similar realization in, with my interview. Uh, just it was so obvious how um, well the division got along together and they were playing off each other. And, and it was clear that they were passionate about this, too, but that they also had fun while they did it. Definitely. And when you see that, you immediately feel that, OK, that's that's what I'm looking for. That's the kind of place yeah. where I want to work. Yeah. Dr. Messick, over to you. Can you describe a little bit uh, uh, your journey and how you how you ended up here at GCSC? Certainly. So this was over this past summer was the actually my second round on the job market. I thought I was going to finish my dissertation earlier, so I I spent uh, one the one summer on the job market. So this was my second summer on the job market, and so I had just been scrolling, you know. Every day, mm-hmm. uh, higheredjobs.com, the Chronicle, and the MLA job newsletter, and filtering for um, the kind of jobs that I was looking for in teaching literature, and came across uh, Gulf Coast State, and uh, then they sent me a request about an interview, and I actually had had a total last... Uh, Zero interviews my first round on the job market, and six total, including Gulf Coast State. Um, And so rigorous interview process. But when I got to the interview at Gulf Coast State, I echo all the things that you both have already said. When I got to the interview at Gulf Coast State, Dr. Pugh 
we mm-hmm. we started talking about kind of uh, derailed about our uh, our experiences with our dissertation advisors, and I knew that I would get along with the faculty. And again, it was clear at how they worked as a team in the way that they conducted the interview process, that there was um, a mutual love of of teaching and literature and that they all had a really great kind of culture here. Yeah. But also, uh, I researched, of course, all the schools that I was interviewing at and what uh, struck me was DIVE, which is now DIAC, their, their div- diversity in- initiative. And I, I really liked that. And I looked into the other programs that they were participating in, um, researched and asked during my interview what kinds of support they had for their students, and was really uh, impressed with their answers as mm. compared to other um, other interviews that I'd, I'd been a part of. So really felt like it, it was a good fit. They were they made the interview process fun, and yeah. I could not say that about other the other interviews I had with different schools. And I really felt as though they were trying to get to know me, and they were very friendly, and tried to made a concerted effort to try and put me at ease. So it's just overall a, a great experience that stood out. Yeah, just all great science. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. No, it's nice when you know. I mean, that's amazing that you had options like that to begin with. But when when it feels right, you know, you have this moment where you're like, oh, I. I want to be a part of that. A big focus of mine was that everyone was friendly. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign, right? Yes. I mean, it says yes. so much then about the work environment, yes. but then also maybe uh, just sort of the population that we're working with here. And right. I like that you mentioned Dr. Pugh. We're sitting here <laughs> recording this at the very beginning of February in 2022, and yeah, you graduated right back in this. You walked in, in December. August, in and I August. walked in. I walked in December. That's right. And graduated that's right. in August. Yes. Right. And so Dr. P was was right not too far me. behind. Yeah. yeah, right behind me. Yeah. So that's that's great that you know there are so many PhDs and PhD candidates here, and it's just it just adds to the environment, and then it also adds to the the quality of education that we provide these students. I, I truly believe that. Um, so on that note, what courses are you currently teaching? And what are the key components of those courses? So I guess I'm sort of trying to provide our listeners a sense of what the students learn or study in these courses. And so, Tiffany, if that's okay, Dr. Messick, start with you for this one. Certainly. Uh, The majority of classes I teach are Composition 1 and 2. And so in Composition 1, I really focus on critical thinking skills and analytical skills. And the assignment that we work towards is a film rhetorical analysis. So my main focus for the whole semester with the Composition 1 class is to focus on reading uh, all different kinds of texts, Mm. learning to read different kinds of texts, not just printed text, uh, but films, TV shows, advertisements, being able to gain the skills to read and interpret and analyze them. Mm. In Composition 2 class, it, it... is focused on literature. So the way that these courses are designed here at Gulf Coast Day is focused on literature. So the the main, uh, I still do a rhetorical analysis over a nonfiction text. And so that they look at this nonfiction text and, and identify the persuasive strategies mm-hmm. that the author has used. But also on top of that, another level, we do look at literary analysis. So I focus that course on uh, still critical thinking and analytical skills. But in terms of analyzing uh, literary strategies, 
um, on top of rhetorical strategies. And I also teach Intro to Lit. My main focus, Intro to Lit, is to give students an overview of the different literary movements. So we start with Romanticism, and it's um, a little ironic because I feel that the Romantics are the most difficult (laughs) and least accessible. Uh, But and we as we move, um, and then we get to Modernism, and I think it takes a turn back towards the more difficult and dense. Uh, But Realism, which comes right after Romanticism, is a little the language is a little bit simpler on purpose. That's part of the movement, right? right? But giving uh, students an overview of the trends in literature. So we we go through different texts through each of these literary movements from Romanticism up to postmodernism and the Harlem Renaissance. And I really focus on looking at texts from all different perspectives. So all different genders, races, ethnicities, uh, socioeconomic levels, um, different voices. Mm -hmm. My focus is on a variety of different voices um, so that's what I focus on, an intro to literature, to a broad overview. And I'm also teaching for the first time this semester women's literature. Oh, women's exciting. literature. So my focus in women's literature uh, is to look at the evolution of women's literature. And first of all, determine you know, what do we mean when we say women's literature? What is women's literature? What are the trends and issues that we're concerned with when we talk about women's literature? So that and also um, the ways in which women's literature resists uh, oppression. Mm. Um, Again, we go through uh, different periods. So uh, we get to see women's literature from um, its inception, the earliest feminist texts way back in the medieval times, (laughs) all the way up to to present day. So really broad overview of women's literature. but I also focus on uh, the woman question, what, uh, which you know became really prevalent in Victorian society in England. The woman question: um, What is woman's role in society? What are their capacities um, and their virtues? This was really coming into question. So we ask how each of these texts, these feminist texts, these texts by female authors, address that question about what a female capacity is and um, what their role is in society because in different periods of time it has come under question and so yeah. basically uh, those are my focuses for all three of those courses yeah. well, those all sound like very rich experiences <laughs> and I, I hope I, so <laughs> I love that you decide that comp one kind of culminates in that type of reading experience I feel like often you know our students maybe aren't aware that they're reading all the time, you know, as, as they're right. observing and watching and they're paying attention in ways that I'm sure your class kind of oh, is eye-opening in, in a lot of ways. For, Everything for is a text, right? Right, that's right. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I mean, the, the women's uh, literature course, that sounds just that span of time would be such a great experience for all of our students to see throughout history just how this how these deeper questions, these very important questions, how, how they've been addressed or not addressed or, or changed, you know, right. o- over his, over time. Professor Thomas, 
Can you speak to us a little bit about your courses? Sure. Um, I had the pleasure to teach uh, the women's literature course last semester. So uh, hearing Dr. Messick talk about it with such enthusiasm is great. Uh, it's a wonderful course to teach. Uh, this semester, I'm also teaching College Composition 1 and 2, as well as Introduction to Literature. And, you know, I've enjoyed all three of those immensely. I teach both in person and online. And so those different modalities that provide for different student needs, I think, you know, is so yeah. key. Uh, but, you know, whether I'm online or in a physical classroom, you know, my goal with the both composition courses is really to try to create a sense of a writing community, right? That we are there writing together, sharing our, our voices with each other, um, th- that, you know, the best part, I think, of a college experience is being exposed to mm. different perspectives and becoming stronger as a student body. And, you know, I become stronger and more enriched by my students' voices mm. and life experiences that, you know, they're able to put into their writing. And one of the assignments I really love doing that I'm working with uh, with my 1101 students right now is a literacy narrative. And so we challenge um you know, the basic notion of literacy. You know, we say if you're literate, you can read and or write. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, in a writing course is incredibly um, important to talk about, you know, literacy and um, different levels of literacy and experiences with literacy. But I like to broaden that definition to other kinds of literacy, uh, other skills and knowledge bases that students possess. So you can be literate in computers. Uh, You can be a coder. You could be a basketball player. And you have this skill set and a language that goes with it uh, to communicate what you've learned and how you learn. And so it's an assignment I really like to start out the semester with to get students thinking about, you know, here I am in college and I'm I'm learning all of these new things and that's wonderful, but sometimes challenging Mm -hmm. too and intimidating. So to have them in their literacy narratives think back, whether it's about reading and writing experiences or about other skills and knowledge bases they hold, and to consider, well, how do I learn? What motivates me to learn? Um, And what do I have to offer to my classroom and my classmates that is unique. And so, you know, that's, I think, one of the cornerstones for me of the college composition sequence and try to continue that into uh, composition two as well. As uh, Dr. Messick said, we start working with literature more so. And I think that's ultimately, you know, studying different voices too, Mm -hmm. different works of literature and helping students to become stronger in their skills of analysis and critical thinking and reading. And I think some of them, they sign up for Composition 2 and are like, wait, we're reading poetry? I thought we were writing. And (laughs) so then it's saying, well, actually, I know poetry can be intimidating, but this is going to challenge you. It's going to force you to read closely and, you know, look for evidence to support your interpretation of something, all of which are you know, bedrock uh, elements of any form of writing Mm -hmm. that they're being asked to do in their other courses, too. Uh, So we want to see them succeed, not just in our courses, but in the countless other courses at Gulf Coast that, you know, assess their knowledge based on writing. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what we do is, you know, very important, and I'm I'm happy to be able to serve that. And then in the Intro to Lit course, I mean, like Tiffany said, there's just so much to cover um, where she takes a, a kind of a period-based approach, I tend to work in genres. So okay. we start with poetry, move to short fiction, uh, end up with plays and film, mm-hmm. and kind of 
put together sometimes uh, works from different periods um, and see how they commingle uh, the, the similarities yeah. across time and also the stark differences too. Mm -hmm. So we might on one day be reading um, a, a sonnet from Shakespeare, a love poem, and then, you know, a modern uh, love lament from maybe a poem on Instagram or something. So wow. uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm glad to have the opportunity to teach these different courses. That was so, yeah. I mean, yeah, both of those responses, I feel like I could, we could just keep talking about <laughs> things that you mentioned there. But I, just, yeah, a few things. Love that idea of uh, fostering this sense of community with writing. I, I think I've said this maybe on the show before, but I'm a true believer that if you get people in the same room even writing, that, like, good things happen. And yes. so to, to just make that, to build that in the course is just, that's lovely. I mean, I, I really <laughs> enjoy that. And, you know, how you kind of scaffold it, and you're, you're keeping in mind all these things. And, you know, I, I really like that there seems to be like a tunneling in for that comp one, and then you kind of broaden that lens with, with comp two. Um, but yeah, I want to be in both of your classes. <laughs> um, but uh, so let's talk about your own educational backgrounds. And we'll, we'll stay with uh, uh, Professor Thomas here for this one, but how has your educational background and maybe even your former teaching experiences shaped these decisions that you're making in your courses? And yeah. Right. So, um, you know, as you mentioned in the introduction, I began my educational journey uh, as an education major. So I was initially intending to become a high school English teacher. And, you know, I'm amazing props to those who do but when I went to college I fell in love with college I was like oh I just want to stay here I'm going to go to grad school and then I'm going to teach college and never leave <laughs> uh, because it was just you know the uh, the degree of freedom uh, that I think college teaching and education allots for mm -hmm. uh, again I think just the diversity of different voices and texts um, you know, I, I really fell in love with that. Yeah. So, you know, I kept pursuing my education further and um, I think still took a lot of the things I learned while, you know, earning my degree in secondary education. Some of those foundations of, you know, pedagogy and educational practices, but ultimately until you get into the classroom, that's all just theory. Uh, so I was lucky um, at the University of Florida when I started uh, my master's there, that we were thrown right into teaching our own courses. Um, I was a teaching assistant when I was at Carnegie Mellon, but at UF, they were like, hey, here's a course. I mean, of course, they gave guidance as well, but, uh, you know, we taught our own courses from the get-go, mm -hmm. from composition to um, upper-level, you know, literature courses and specialized topics. So that kind of experience, you know, just... Uh, solidified for me my love of teaching and that I wanted to keep doing that but purely by chance I was just looking to make a little extra money on the side I started teaching teaching at the local community college at Santa Fe College and then you know I had no experience with a community college or a state college I'd gone to a university mm -hmm. a small one but still a different kind of institution and I mean I still saw so many similarities but I would say that teaching at um, a community college, I found that my students were even more dedicated mm. um, to their educations and, you know, had the, their goals very strongly in mind and were really committed to pursuing that education and those dreams. And so, you know, I had no idea when I first started uh, pursuing a degree in education that I would uh, shift from high school to a 
you know, teaching at a wonderful state college like Gulf Coast, but uh, just I think it took a journey to get there. Yeah. And I'm, you know, very uh, appreciative of all the different opportunities I had along the way uh, from, you know, university to high school to college, covered it all, and I think found the right place now that I'm here. Yeah, I, I I love that. I mean, you know, our experiences sort of shape our decisions, and you, I feel like you articulated that really well there. And uh, I'm so glad you had that experience at Santa Fe because that had to have played a role in, yeah, ultimately accepting this and this yes. job. Um, and yeah, there's for me, there are a few places uh, better on this earth than a college campus. You know, <laughs> just so that's great. Um, Dr. Messick, your journey in yes. education. <laughs> At Northern Illinois University, a similar experience. Um, when I began my first year PhD, they they do they threw you into two composition courses. So I taught one hundred one and one hundred two um, every semester over the years while I was at Northern Illinois University. Fortunately, at Northern Illinois University, their PhD English program is a little different. And we do take a class which is on pedagogy, on teaching college English, and they, they titled it Teaching College English. And it's run by Dr. Michael Day, who is the director of the FICOMP program at Northern Illinois University. And so they provided us with a 101 and a 102 syllabus for both of our first semesters, fall and spring of my first year as a PhD student, and then set me free. But for that year, I really had this safeguard and a lot of guidance. They helped us plan the course. They gave us a syllabus, provided us with a syllabus, and helped us plan class periods every week. So we it was a class that we actually took like we were taking all our other grad school classes. So very fortunate. There's quite a bit of preparation to teach Comp 1 and 2. And there was a focus. Uh, Dr. Michael Day was very a proponent of technology in the classroom so i've carried that over he's a proponent of digital portfolios and the benefit that they provide to students i wish i would have had one because there are papers from my undergraduate i'm still you know that i've lost there's i know that i don't have the file anymore and i don't have a paper copy so to have that digital record is is pretty neat i'm i am a proponent of digital portfolios as well and continue to use them so but also during that time we had lab every week. And when I went to, I also taught at Harper College, which is uh, similar in many ways uh, to Gulf Coast State, but in Illinois, <laughs> in Palatine, Illinois. So I taught there as an adjunct and definitely felt prepared to transfer 101 and 102 at Northern Illinois, what I had done there, to the classroom in Harper. It was a pretty easy transition and a, a enjoyable transition. And I definitely feel I've changed, tweaked quite a bit over the years, but a lot of what I was doing in 2014 as my first year as a PhD student, I'm still doing in some form of fashion, but updated um, to uh, better benefit the students. So um, under Michael Day's instruction, that was really great preparation. Uh, As far as teaching the literature courses, um, I, my concentration was southern literature so i feel most prepared to teach american literature courses and southern literature courses i'm teaching african-american lit for the next three semesters which i am very excited about and i feel prepared to teach that but also i took british lit courses 
um, as an undergrad and as master student and a PhD student. So that has prepared me to teach British Lit. I took world literature as an undergraduate. And uh, so I feel prepared to teach uh, different varieties of literature courses. Uh, have the most experience, the most educational background in Southern literature, in 20th century American literature. But definitely feel that I've taken a variety of different courses throughout the many years of, <laughs> of graduate, undergraduate and mm-hmm. graduate school in literature. And, and I feel that that definitely has prepared me to teach a variety of different literature courses. And I've gotten the opportunity to do that here, African-American Lit and uh, Intro to Lit and Women's Lit. So and next I'll be hoping to teach American literature and one and two, pre-reconstruction and post-reconstruction. So, Exciting. Yeah, but I definitely feel that it adequately prepared me to teach a variety of comp courses and literature courses. That's great. I mean, that the preparation actually, it, it was just that. And yes. um, no, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that certain things, you know, you have that, that awareness to know what's working, what isn't. I feel like that is, that's a lot of ways that's just teaching. And then you're, you're taking and borrowing from, from mentors, professors, whomever, everyone here is so kind and sharing ideas and resources and, yeah, that's just that's wonderful. I'm glad that you. I'm, I'm sorry about those di- that that you didn't have the digital portfolio that you lost some of these some of these writings. But at least you know, you're taking with you from from your educational experience lessons that you're still applying uh, in the classroom now. That's just great. I have a final question, um, and I feel like we've touched on it in roundabout ways already. But what have you enjoyed most? Maybe not most, but just some some of the things that you've really enjoyed about your time here at Gulf Coast State College. And Dr. Messick, we'll start with you. And I know, again, we've touched on I've touched on this a bit already with, with number one, and it's been sprinkled into maybe some of these other questions. But, yeah, I want to leave our listeners with a sense of, you know, why, why do you do what you do here? And, and, you know, what motivates you to keep doing your job here at GCSC? We have touched a little bit on on this, this question. Uh, aside from uh, enjoying my colleagues, which I mentioned, which I – it was initial from the interview on loving uh, the the community between my colleagues and, and the professional atmosphere. Aside from that, um, also getting to teach a variety of literature courses. I was not fortunate enough during graduate school to be given a literature course. I have um, that whole time I taught composition, which is amazing too, but the opportunity finally to be able to teach literature courses is amazing but also echo something that uh, Kaylee said earlier, the students. At, at, and I've taught at other uh, institutions similar to Gulf Coast, like Harper College, which is a two-year school, a, a community college. And um, the students are, are dedicated, I, much more, uh, more so than at, and in different ways than at a university. They have different needs, but the dedication and the appreciation of being able to in the value that they they value their education, mm-hmm. uh, I found in comparison to the university. Uh, but when I got to GCSE, I found uh, in my first semester that level of ed- dedication that was even uh, higher than I'd experienced mm-hmm. before. I just was blown away by the students are great, and fall semester was such an easy transition. It was so wonderful, and I was in such a high, a teacher's high. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, man, this can't get any better. But this spring um, has even been better. 
And um, I think it's because um, last semester was a little bit of a weird semester. It's a lot of students first time back in the classroom instead of online classes. But it still was amazing. And now I think students are kind of getting back into the swing of participating in, um, in discourse in the classroom instead of in an online environment. And so it's just really been wonderful in the class discussions that walk out of the classroom uh, you know, nearly every day, just think, okay, that was great, and on a high, and I, I love this, and I love what I do, and I love my students. Uh, I have just the most brilliant group of students that I that I've ever had, and the things they say, I I need to write that down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's an interpretation I had not considered. I have a new way of looking at this text, so they, you know, they teach me as much as I try and and teach them. So I'm learning from them every day too. Oh, that's great. I've had, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to get to be teaching one comp course this term, and I've had those moments where, you know, I'm opening up the floor to discussion, and they're 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 picking up on things and and weighing in on big questions, big ideas, and it's just they're taking the conversation in places that I could have never anticipated, and it's been it's been really great, and I'm, I'm glad we get to do that, you know, in the humanities, in writing and literature courses that we they allow for that in in the classroom for. That, that give and take, the back and forth between the students are actually, you know, teaching teachers sometimes. But <laughs> Professor Thomas, I'll ask the same question to you. What have you enjoyed most about your time at GCSC? I mean, I agree uh, with so much of what Dr. Messick just described, and you as well. Um, you know, just the students, right? Um, the students make it all worthwhile. That's why we're here and I learn from my students as well. You know, each new day, uh, each class, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, right? You come in with your lesson plan, and you know, sometimes you adjust on the fly if something you know isn't quite grabbing them, and you go with their interest too. Um, you know, maybe I intended to talk about this particular, um, you know interpretation of something and then someone else raises a point I hadn't thought of and then we dive into that and that's exciting uh, so the unpredictability of the job I think sometimes is one of the rewarding things because every classroom is different um, you know they, they take on their own personality I mean, classes are comprised of individuals but the way they gel together um, again the kind of community that they form um, is just such a pleasure to see I love seeing my students work together um, to get to know each other and build confidence in sharing their thoughts with one another, um, be, which is a process of vulnerability sometimes. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes we forget, especially after years of education, you know how difficult it can be to go into a classroom and to, you know, add to a conversation and to trust that people will respect your voice and listen to it. And so, uh, seeing my students, um, you know express themselves and develop that bravery and vulnerability is so rewarding, especially when uh, one of the things I really love about Gulf Coast is our diverse student body um, in every way. And especially, I think, sometimes in age. You know, I'll have a class that has a group of students straight out of high school, maybe a dual-enrolled student still in high school, um, a student, a vet who's coming back, um, a mom who has retired. Uh, she's got grandkids and she's back. And just that you know, different experiences that each student brings uh, makes the classroom a richer place. And, you know, one of my favorite moments um, is just seeing that dynamic between the students where they're learning from each other and recognizing what, you know, each, each voice has to offer. 
So, you know, yeah, just serving this unique and wonderful student population. And like, you know, Dr. Messick said, uh, they're so motivated, uh, value their education. And, you know, people are in different stages of, some don't know their major yet, some have a concrete plan, and but we're here to help them get to where they want to be, even if they're still figuring that part out. Yeah. And maybe we can be part of that process. And of course, my colleagues um, have been great. And I've you know met other professors now in other departments. So it's not just the language and literature division that I can speak highly of. <laughs> uh, so getting to serve on different committees. Um, you know, earlier, Dr. Messick mentioned DIAC, the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. And that's been wonderful uh, to work uh, with uh, the different professors from different departments on that committee. And again, that is ultimately about serving um, our student population and their different needs. And so, yeah, it's it's been a delight. Yeah. Well, how wonderful that you both are just having these great experiences with the students here. And, you know, I echo what you say. It's uh, we see your students in the writing and reading lab. And um, I, I just uh, can't appreciate, you know, can't say thank you enough to to both of you for just these re- just these answers and um, I mean you've inspired me you've inspired me all over again to, to, to do a better job and to show up for for this po- for these kids and for our students and you know for the ones that are coming back and and uh, that was just really well put uh, Professor Thomas and yeah it, it is a it's it's definitely um, it's it's a great thing that we're that we're here and doing what we're doing and I think this is a good uh, as place as any to probably conclude our conversation this time around Uh, but thank you both again thank you for being incredible colleagues co-workers Um, I know you do a fantastic job in the in in your classrooms Um, and as I just mentioned it's really been fantastic working with your students and learning from the assignments that you both have designed in in your courses uh, in my work in the writing and reading lab so just thank you well, thank you. Uh, we appreciate all the work that you know you put in with our students too. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Well, as always, thank you for listening, Commodores, and we hope you turn in to the next conversation.